Alright, so this is where we left off. Uh, we're in Love and Respect. It's broken up into two, two sections. Last week we broke off into groups, men, I don't want to say versus women, but men and women, and uh, came up with what each one was looking for. Um, I took pictures of the notes of the individuals that, hey guys, good to see you. Come on in. Uh, so that way I could just kind of review them. And what's, what's interesting is, is as we go through this content, some of the things that kind of came up are going to actually be discussed. So I thought, well, hey, we'll we go over what each side came up with. But really, it's going to actually be discussed as we go through uh, some of the following uh, content. So with that, uh, we do have two classes to go through this second portion, uh, jumping into Lesson 4, uh, Part 2, Love and Respect. Um, core verse that we're talking about is Ephesians 5, uh, 22-33. With that, the book is broken up with regards to men, then women, men, then women, and, and kind of ping-ponging back and forth. What I decided today is, um, in favor of keeping the content together, we're going we're gonna to jump in and we're going to hit the guys today, alright? So, guys, we're going to hit, hit ours, so that way we can uh, focus on that. And then on Wednesday, we're going to address the ladies, so that way we can uh, focus on that. Uh, with regards to this, as we go through this, I want both sides to comment, obviously. What ladies think, as well as what men think, it's important for us to understand each other's ideas and what we uh, understand these words or these concepts to, to mean. Uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to jump into... Uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 3 and verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Uh, this is where we're going to springboard off of today. And then we're going to go into a lot of you talking in the class. Alright? So 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. It says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So as we go through this, one of the things that we're going to talk about is we're going to define some of these words, and then we're going to go into some expectations or how, how men should look to treat ladies. Uh, with that, keep in mind, ladies, we want your input. But also, as you're going through this, remember one of the rules that we talked about was self-reflection? Self-reflect on how you can be the lady that you need to be, so that way it makes it easier for the man to do these things. It is still the man's responsibility to do things, but I want you to go into this with a mindset, and we'll do this with the men, but as you go through this, you need to be a, a, a wife, a spouse, a partner that makes it easier for him to do these things, all right? So let's jump into the scripture. Let's break it down, understanding honor in the weaker vessel. Um, you notice it says not just to share a home, but it, it talks about living he is to, to understand her more or less as himself. Understanding is a, a comprehensive understanding, intellectually grasping the person. He recognizes um, her as an individual, but as one. What's great about this is Paul's teaching in Ephesians 5, it talks about the husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Uh, he who loves his wife loves himself. That's Ephesians 5.28. It is not two people individually sharing a home. They abide together. That's what that's talking about there. And in that, there's a certain level of understanding that the husband 
should have of the wife or strive to have of uh, his wife. And after 25 years, I still don't fully understand Michelle, and that's okay. I'm striving to, and she probably doesn't fully understand me because there's times when she looks at me like, really? And she's right. Sometimes I do knucklehead things. But it's a striving to understand because we are constantly growing and, and changing. But in this, the godly husband understands the essential of unity and oneness God has established between the husband and wife. So that's important with regards to understanding the wife. Um, stepping into giving honor. A godly husband knows how to make his wife feel honored. Uh, the husband, uh, or though she submits to him, uh, because that is the hierarchy that God has set within the family, he takes care that she doesn't feel like she is an employee or that he is a tyrant. Nowhere in the Bible does it have that type of language for the husband to treat his wife in that way. We see stories of it, and we see men who um, are not very godly that don't treat their wives well. However, um, because there is a head of the household and the wife is to uh, be subservient to the husband, that is not a tyrant type relationship, and that is not an employee type relationship. The way in which I talk to my employees at work, very respectful, I talk to them differently than I do to Michelle. The way that Michelle talks to her when she taught second and third graders should be different than the way that she talks to me. It, it is a very different environment that we should have in the home. Um, what's interesting, the word wife used here in giving honor to the wife, the word that's used here in the ancient Greek language is actually a, a rare word that's used. Uh, meaning li literally the feminine one. Uh, it suggests that the woman's feminine nature should prompt the husband to honor her. Um, this is actually a radical teaching in the time uh, in, when, when Peter was writing this. Because obviously back then, women were treated as property, as we see in the Bible quite often. And through Jesus' teaching, through the Holy Spirit, we could see that it's a different view on how we are to treat women. And then address, addressing weaker vessel. Um, a weaker vessel merely means that physically, generally speaking, I know there's some women out, women out there that can whoop up on me, I've seen them. But generally speaking, the woman is physically weaker than the husband. It has nothing to do with spirituality. Some people say, oh, it's because Eve was weaker. She, she uh, sinned first by taking of the fruit and passing it on to Adam. Well, you know what? He was right there with her, right? So it's not a spiritual thing. Uh, men aren't spiritually stronger, but they're just generally physically stronger. And as Peter brought to, to light with regards to women, women being feminine in, na in nature with regards to using the word wife, he continues to use that, that, the feminine nature, and how it shows that the husband should respond to that in a certain way. He should not expect her to be a buddy. He should not expect her to do the same things that he does. They are two different entities that have two different roles that are joined together to make marriage better. So with that, that's my part. Now we're going to get into your part, all right? So what are some ways a husband can show understanding to his wife? Listen. Listen, okay. Tell me more. 
have like a good communication within a relationship that truly listening to your wife is Absolutely. more than just hearing her talk. It's understanding where she's coming from and, and making not only her problems your problems, but taking it on together. So Absolutely. Basic listening. Absolutely. So I brought my cup. You all saw it in the, the book. Are we this guy a lot of times? Before she's even halfway done saying what she, she wants to say, you've already got an answer. I'm going to fix it and move on. You should truly listen, and she might not want you to fix it. Right? Yes, they got me this. But, so that means I couldn't be that guy, right? So, so with that, we need to listen, actively listen. Not just hear the words that they're saying, but try to understand what they're trying to tell us. Are they just wanting us to be empathetic and be a partner that, that, that feels their pain at the moment? Or are they truly wanting us to try to help them fix something? They'll let you know. Jason, I think you alluded to it last week, but you, you also have to have patience. Yes. I, I sometimes, Lisa can attest to this, I, I can't, I need to just stop and listen to the full conversation. And the, that patience is a challenge at times. Because you, you, like you said, I'm solving it, let's move on. Right. And it's like, no, wait, there's more to it. There's that, you know. The women is so much more descriptive. Yes. They give so many more details. Yes. I don't need all the details. You want that hung, I'm hanging. I don't need, let's go. So. so she comes with a problem. Tom Tom gets into solve problem box, right? Waffle. Um, sometimes we just need to stay in listen box, right? We need to shut the TV off, put the remote down, turn, and face her. The first time I started doing that, because I realized I was not listening to Michelle fully. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to actively listen. And he's like, I'm not used to that. What's going on? But I'll put the remote down, and I'll, I'll pause it, I'll mute it, or whatever, and I'll just sit and listen. I, I need to shut everything else, else out and be patient. Yes, I want to find out what happens with Dr. Strange, but that can wait. You know, I need to focus on her and show her that I love her and that I'm being patient and striving to understand. And also, if she does things that frustrates me, do I need to be patient with that? Absolutely. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Um, so, if there's a situation that she's telling you about, like, if you have a similar situation, like, say, if a coworker at her work is frustrating, I'm sure that there are instances where you've had to deal with coworkers who are frustrating too. And you can take that experience and apply it to understand better. You can apply it to yourself to better, to better understand, but be careful trying to apply your situation to her situation. I've learned this. Because what happens is if she has a situation and then you start talking about your situation, you take the focus off of her problems, and okay. she might just want you to listen. However, internally, it's good for you to assess on that and strive to better understand what she's going through. Yeah, that's what I was talking about internally and empathizing. Absolutely. Spot on. I agree 100%. Wonderful. Okay. Moving forward. We are to show love by being peacemakers. 
There were several scriptures for this. I hope you all read them. But the, the one that I pulled out in Proverbs 15 and verse 1, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Uh, sometimes, guys, we struggle with this. Uh, and sometimes ladies struggle with this. Remember, this, these are generalities. These are all things that both can <laughs> apply to their lives. However, uh, sometimes we're solve, 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 get her done. Uh, sometimes guys are a little bit more uh, ready to get into conflict, to, to, to get things done. We need to be peacemakers with our wives. So in the packet that you had on your seats is a detailed list of about... 17 different ideas. Just wanted to share that with you. However, some of these might mesh with what you have written down yourself. Some of them might be totally different. Very interested in what you think about this. What are some ways a husband can show peacemaking to his wife? Yes. Um, I think it goes back to understanding. If you truly understand your wife, you know what the best way that peacemaking is. So for some people, if you're in an argument or a disagreement, it's really great to resolve it right then. But some people need space. And so I think you really have to understand the person to know what that peacemaking looks like for them. Absolutely. Nope, that, that is spot on. Yes. I'm going to kind of piggyback off that, too. I going to kind of use a little bit of a personal example, but Tanner's very, very good about, no, you're good about it. <laughs> Tanner's very, very good about because I'm usually the one that gets fired up real quick, and I tend to be the one that I need to take a minute or take that break or not, but he's great about in that peacemaking moment just taking a minute and saying, what do you need? Right. I know this really isn't about me, so what do you need? And that can instantly diffuse a situation, right? It's it's the understanding of being attuned and in tune enough with your spouse to know, okay, this. I don't think this is really about me. I don't think you're really trying to be aggressive or upset with me. But there's something going on. So what do you need? So I think that's a big a big one or can be. Good for you, man. No, we just had a lesson on emulating people. I need to take notes. That's fantastic. And what that does to you is shows that he's actively listening, but he doesn't understand how he can help. He's like, help me help you. Yes. Little Jerry Maguire moment, right? Yeah. I was going to say, kind of go with that, is uh, listen by doing. Okay, explain. So, uh, to show you're listening, actually do, like, wives will say things, but there's also, hit, not hidden meanings, but like reading between the lines. And you have to understand that. You do that stuff in order to understand this. Do you have an example? <laughs> We're getting real here. The answer is no, too. <laughs> but that, that, that does come down to the understanding because if you know your spouse as you know yourself, you're going to be able to understand that maybe whenever they're saying X, they mean Y or what have you. And that's important. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Um, focusing on like that, that peacemaking part, um, and I think we talked about something similar in the last class or such. Um, 
discussing things to the point of actually coming up with a solution because if you're left like okay here's the issue and then just walk away from it at least personally it's very unresolved I'm like now I'm gonna think about this for the next three weeks or however long it takes until that solution is actually come to when I come when I come to Austin with a problem and this is also kind of on me because I might have been thinking about it for a couple days so I already have it in my mind like I want to have this conversation so you could blindside him but it's like the idea is I'm bringing this to you because it's an issue that we need to solve it's not that I'm just saying this is what you're doing to make me mad and I just want you to know about it like if it's coming to you it's because we need to be better in this situation so what can I do what can you do so following the conversation all the way through to actually having a solution it's really very important absolutely but what's also important in that is making sure that you express that you want there to be a result. I know that sounds dumb to say, but many times husbands will go into fix-it mode and, and sometimes we're told, look, I don't want you to fix it. I want you to just listen. That happens quite often. And that's okay. We need to listen to that. But if you do come to us and you, you're like, look, I'm looking for some type of resolve. Can we sit down and, uh, and finalize this? Or if you articulate that, that will help set men up for success. It comes down to one of the ones on here is effective communication. It's number one, actually. It's actually being able to communicate and articulate yourself in a way in which, so that way, your spouse better understands. Michelle and I have had two very stressful things going on in our house lately. I've had a grand opening. We have the Hutchess Bell coming up and all this stuff. Michelle does a ton behind the scenes. So she has a lot of stress on her plate. I have a lot of stress on my plate. Do you want to add stress to Michelle's world? Have the washing machine not work, the dishwasher go down in the ice maker quick, and have a warranty where it takes a weeks to fix it. Who knows? Okay, she's frustrated. Me, I'm stressed because I got a lot going on in my world. We had a conversation of the other day. She's like, look, I'm not upset with you. I'm just frustrated with what's all going on. I had to have a conversation with her. We both kind of said, hey, look. I just have all this, I got Bible class I need to get ready for, I have Eller's announcements tomorrow, I have the, so our communication set an understanding with, I understand she's frustrated, and she's dealing with a lot, she understands that I have some stressors from the outside coming in, and we're both under a lot of pressure right now in different ways, so that way we can be a little bit more understanding of each other, whenever maybe we're a little bit more shorter tongue with each other. You know what I mean? It happens. Stress happens, right? There's outside things that are bearing in on us that weigh heavy, and the one person at home that you're dealing with, sometimes it could pour out on them. And I, I'm one of those guys, whenever I, I get stressed out, I get quiet. I just, I get in my box, get her done. I don't like to talk about things. Michelle likes to talk about things. And we need to understand that with each other. And sometimes those worlds are like water and oil. Or water and oil? Yeah. Oil and water, so backwards. So we need to understand that with, the, with each other so we could be patient, empathetic, and communicate better, which are all things that we've talked about. Yes. So I think the main thing for everyone is just what you said. It's like that's how you're actually showing love is by being a peacemaker. And I read through each of these, and those are um, it's amazing the different ways you can be a peacemaker. It talks on there about giving someone space, empathizing, you know, staying calm. I, mean, I think that's it's a, it's a wonderful list as far as I think we need to remember that making peace looks 
can look very different in different situations between you and your spouse. And if you're remembering over the entire thing, what is my goal here? My goal is to show love, to show respect, and keeping the peace. Not just to get along to get along, but for solutions or for whatever it needs to be. It's like, if you remember your why, you know, then it helps keep that focus. You're like, I'm just not keeping the peace and we're not arguing. That's not it. You know, it's for whether it's resolution or space or comfort or whatever it is that's needed. You know, I, I think that's why it's important to keep what, what your why, why are you doing it? Peace is important in a marriage. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of twofold. I have a question with it. I think it's finding the right time to have that communication. Yes. So I guess how, how do you some of the couples go about that? Like finding the right time to have those I'll go and then I want some other people to jump in so it's not just Jason's thoughts on this. Michelle was part of a marriage class a long, long, long time ago. And I remember one of the things that they talked about in that class, it was, it was a ladies class. And one of the things that she talked about is Michelle came home and she said, I'm sorry for the way that, this is a long time ago. She said, I'm sorry the way that sometimes when you come home, I just hit you with stuff. Like, I've had a day, I come in the door. And then she's had all these things stressful in her world going on because she handles 15 million more times than I do because she's spaghetti and she handles it like a champ. But there are things that I need to get involved in or that she needs to bring my attention. And when she would bring it to my attention right as I walked in the door and hit me with it, it, it it's stressful. And so you are 100% right that there's a time and a place for it. It, it. it might not be right as the person walks in the door, and it not, might not be right when the person's getting ready to lay down their head to go to bed because they're tired. But you do need to have the time. And, and um, I'm not good at making that time available. I will own that. Michelle will probably shake her head. I'm not good at that. <laughs> so, so... But you are 100% right. There's a right time for it, and you need to figure out when it is. Who here has input on when that time is for them or, or their thoughts on that? Yes, so there's kind of a couple things with that. Part of it for, for us is just kind of you, you learn how to read the person that you're with, right? Like you learn how to kind of read their facial expressions and their body language and their responses. And like if I'm telling him something and he's either not responding at all, kind of off in La La Land, or like he's like, ah kind of comprehend what I'm saying, like, this is irritating to me, so this is probably not going to be the best time, it's just going to make me mad. Um, and then vice versa, you can kind of tell you, like, mm, based on your face, probably not right now. So there's little, like, non-verbal cues that, that can kind of be there for you to kind of read. But also, we had some really good advice given to us, is, and we need to. It, it's harder to, it's great in theory, it's harder to do when you're busy, but once a week, or even if you want to do like twice a week, um, we were told to do check-ins with each other. So what's on your plate? How are you feeling? Usually it's right after dinner when the kids have gone to bed, so it's just us. There's no outside factors, but it's what's happening with you? How are you feeling? Um, what are some things that might be coming up that are going to be stressful for you? How can I support you? And just really doing a little bit kind of like a tune-in check-in with each other to kind of see is there something we need to talk about? Are we doing okay? And some weeks it's like I've got nothing and some weeks it's like, okay, we, there's something I've been wanting to, to discuss. So, I mean, if you can wait that long to be able to do that, that's great. If not, then I think it kind of goes back to kind of being able to read that person and know when a good time is. Yeah, I think uh, 
for me, so Taylor wakes up usually like two or three hours before me. And when I wake up, I need a full hour to fully wake up. If she tells me anything before that, it's, I, it's fine. I don't remember, I don't listen, I don't know anything. Uh, so like just getting that understanding. <laughs> yeah, understanding and knowing that about each other helps and it just comes with time. But, and this one sounds a little silly, but uh, talking about things hungry is the worst. It just makes, so it, like the hangry thing is real, yeah. Sometimes if you just have a, have that little extra, it helps keep that peace even more. You know what I mean? That sounds like a silly one, but it no. works. No. Like, don't do it hungry because it just makes you angry or everything. It's all been hungry. Yeah, absolutely. It's like shopping when you're hungry. Something that you'll notice from everybody's examples is that it was all I had to learn yes. that this mm -hmm. is how we handle situations. That's and right. I know, like, Doug and I dated long distance and then we got married. Right. And so we didn't have a whole lot of conflicts before we um, so the first six months we had some arguments like he tried to walk home from the store one day like five miles because and it was about a table it was about a table and we just hadn't gotten to the point where we were communicating when we got to those situations so I think a lot of it is learning absolutely and, and to, to Lisa's point what what's the whole what's the big picture in the end it's not I win or you win we need to we need to have that mentality um, because if there's not peace between a husband and a wife, it, it can be devastated. All right. Let's jump into loyalty. And Malachi 2, uh, verses 14 through 16, obviously is, is a lot longer uh, scripture. But one of, one of the pieces of it that I wanted to pull out. It says, so guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless uh, to the wife of your youth. So continually throughout the Bible, you see where uh, Israel was unfaithful to God. And we see a mirroring throughout the Bible of God, Christ as the bridegroom, the church, and Israel falling away from God and or Christ. And that relationship is one that we should emulate with regard to the faithfulness of the husband striving to, to, to be faithful to the wife as well as the wife to the husband and, and being gracious towards the other person. However, we need to, just like uh, from the very beginning, we, we said that Divorce is not an option, right? You've got to go into marriage with that mindset. Uh, because if you go into it with, hey, I have an out, um, you've already set yourself up for failure. You have to go into marriage with the idea of, I am loyal to my wife. I am loyal to my husband. Uh, a level of loyalty uh, to death, I'll, I'll almost say. Like, what happens when two things become one and they're glued together? Whenever they're tore apart, one is destroyed or the other is destroyed, right? We need to have that level of loyalty and oneness with our wives and with our husbands. So, what are some ways a husband, also this could pertain to wives, but a husband can show loyalty to his wife? I think uh, standing up for her, not allowing others to disrespect her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does that pertain to your children as well? Absolutely. 
some of the quickest, fastest verbal outbursts I've had towards my kids when they disrespected Michelle. Generally, the boys pop off the mouse because boys will be boys and they're just not being bright at times. Sometimes that happens. And they'll say something a little bit disrespectful. They are very respectful boys, but boys will be boys sometimes. I'm like, you will not talk to your mother that way. Apologize to her right now. If you don't stand up for her in front of your children, they will disrespect her. Even more so also out in public. Absolutely. That's important, men. You need to stand up for your wives. Yes, so I have an example in our family. So mom's birthday is on Christmas Eve. So dad, from the time we were little, he's told us it's not Christmas Eve, it's your mom's birthday. And do not put her birthday presents underneath the tree. So that's always been something of how dad has taught us. This is not your holiday, this is her birthday. So just showing respect that way, I'm showing kids be respectful to your mother, kids be respectful to your father. Just kind of that thing. Generically speaking, do men usually forget anniversaries? It's always fun in the elders' meetings whenever we sit down with a new couple. We'll go down, we'll say, okay, what's the kids' birthdays? The mom, blah, 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 blah. And they'll go through everything, and then all of us, almost every time, we'll look at the, the guy and say, what's your anniversary? <laughs> and half the time, it's like deer in the headlights look, right? They're like, uh, and the wife is, January 15. And they're like, what year? He'll look over at her. It happens often than you would think. We're just wired differently, right? We are. There's some ladies that forget as well, once again, in generalities. However, gentlemen, it is important to your wives that you remember her birthday. It is important that you remember your anniversary. It is important that you remember certain dates that might be important to them. I remember our first date when Michelle and I um, went on our first date. And I catch her by surprise with that one sometimes because that's the one she doesn't remember, so I got one up on her. <laughs> but we dated for 11 months, so that was easy for me to remember before we got married. Um, but it's one of those things that you need to understand that those things are important to your spouse. Um, if, if your wife likes to have the birthday week, boys, sorry, but you need to step up to the plate and... And celebrate her. You know, if, if she likes to go out for a nice dinner, you need to step up to the plate and take her out. She does so much for you if she is a good Proverbs 31 woman. And you need to give her honor and respect. Yes, sir. Um, again, the birthday thing and the example of the dates. Kelsey's birthday is December 27th. So we just got, we get married in October, and here it comes to Christmas, and Christmas I think was on a Friday or Saturday, and then Monday was her birthday, and so we're doing all the family things, her family, her mom's family, her dad's family, this and that, and then, um, do we have any plans for Monday? What's Monday? She just looks at me, so never mind. Whoops. Oh! Oof. Yes, babe, I have, yep, yeah, we're going, yeah, we're doing the things. <laughs> like, you can't, like, what, what's Monday? Yep. <laughs> It's important to them. But loyalty also goes in some other areas I want to make sure that we address here. It is staying pure. You need to be loyal to her. Adultery is one of the quickest things that will destroy a marriage. 
pornography, immodest uh, videos, or, or looking at TikTok. I'm sorry. There's so much on there that is so ungodly. Uh, I'm not saying TikTok itself is bad. There's there's videos on there that like that, of course. But but watching females dance, scandally dressed. When Michelle and I go to Suns games, I have not watched one Suns game halftime show. I don't need to watch 30 women dressed like prostitutes dancing in front of me. That's not being loyal to Michelle. By me, by me just sit there going, there you go. I need to be loyal to my wife with my eyes. I need to be loyal to her in my times of work. It goes beyond just being out in public. And that's important for us to understand. Yes, ma'am, one more comment that we need to move on. Just heading on the times alone thing. Um, I work in an IT department, so it's basically all men. And it's very obvious who has that loyalty and respect for their wife and who doesn't. Because people come in and tell stories about their wife that if Doug said that, I would be so embarrassed. Or they would make fun of her or something. But then there's other people that everything they have to say about their wife and family is the highest regard, how much they love her. And you can tell that from a person when they're not with their spouse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the deal. One of the things that I, I look at in the business world, if your own wife can't trust you, I don't trust you. At work, if I hear someone talking about other women or anything like that, I don't trust them. Because the one person that they that should trust them the most can't trust them. So you need to be loyal. Lastly, let's jump into showing love by esteem. Scripture that I pulled out, pulled out for that one was Proverbs 31, 28 through 29. The portion I pulled out, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. If you have a Proverbs 31 woman in your life, you are blessed. And if you don't know what that means, go read Proverbs 31. It speaks about the qualities of a godly woman. Um, but even if she is not that woman, you still need to show her esteem and respect for what she does in your life. Um, with that being said, what are some ways a husband can show esteem or respect for his wife? Some people who haven't talked. The yes, way he talks to her. Yes, absolutely. You want to expound upon that? No. Okay. Uh, the tone he takes, um, I think it goes back to being present when they are having a conversation. Just just the way he talks to her. Absolutely. I, yeah, that's all I can really understand. Nobody wants to be barked at, right? No one wants to be talked down to. We all want to be respected. Yeah, you don't want to patronize nope. either one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Actually, you first, you second, and you third. Along those same <clears throat> kind of lines, my family, we're all very sarcastic with each other, so I, we know how to read it. We, um, but then when I try to do that, it can come across in the wrong way, right. because Coley may not be used to that. Right. Um, so taking the time to think before I speak is a pretty big thing um, that I work on all the time. Um, but just being mindful how you may come across to... Um, yeah. Absolutely. That's important. That's that's understanding that, right? Yeah, but also remembering that when 
as a guy, you do respond wrong, which will happen more often than not. Um, you're not too proud to go back and say, honey, I'm so sorry. Absolutely. You know, when you realize how you, the tone you took or the kind of the dismissal kind of that you had of something that she brought up, realize, you know, I screwed that one up and I need to go back, head lowered and, you know, saying I'm sorry. Absolutely. It is disrespectful not to. Not only do you not esteem them and respect them, it's disrespectful not to do that. So please take this list, go over it, apply it how it best serves you and those who you are dating, those who you are, who you are married to. But remember, in both of these, because most all these apply to all of us, really, we're focused on men, we need to be the type of people that makes it easy for the other person to do all these things. It's always a, a, a two-edged sword. All right? Awesome comments. Love you all. Thank you very much. We're going to jump into the lady side of it uh, on Wednesday night. So look forward to seeing you all then. And uh, let's go back out there and worship God.